Om Namo Narayanaya. This is a recording of a talk of James Swartz on the Bhagavad Gita at Yoga Vidya Bad Meinberg near Hanover in Germany. When you worship symbols, there, there you get a symbol. And that's what all these deities are for, for that stage of bhakti. The symbols. Each one of these is a symbol of the self. All these deities. And the Hinduism has... has Thousands of deities. They can invent deities forever because you have thousands of people. So any any symbol of the self will do for anybody. So you just choose one of the deities that you like best. And you worship that. Without desire for material objects. You uh, at that stage you know. And all those symbols are symbols of the self. When you start worshiping them, you don't know that you're worshiping the self. You think you're worshiping this God, this Shiva or Krishna or whatever it is. You, that's a lower level. But that's good. And that's why Krishna in here says, whatever symbol you worship, you're actually worshiping me. You don't know it, but you're actually worshiping me. So that's in that stage. So that's when you want to. Then the next stage is, is what? To see uh, special manifestations of Vishwara in the world around you, not uh, not just symbols. And then the total, see everything is a self, and then what? Final stage is Vedanta, pure uh, formless meditation. You don't use a symbol. Okay. Okay. Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmaracharya Paryantam Vande Guru Param Param Ishwaro Guradmeti Murti Beda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Sarvavedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paramanandam Sadgurum Pranatosmiham Om Govinda Narayana, Krishna. So uh, we're uh, the field in the knower, and the big topic that we just uh, discussed before the break was that the idea is what? That the experiencing entity is not you. The experiencing entity belongs in the field. It's a created thing. Maya creates the experiencing entity. It creates people. It creates the intellect. It creates the feelings. And it creates the doer. And it creates the what? Reflector. The reflector is the subtle body. And what? And it shines on that subtle body with this instrument. These, these, everything here is modifying. It's changing. And what? And so this thing looks like a conscious being. We could call it a conscious being, but it really isn't. It's only a reflection. This is the final, this is the highest knowledge. And the reflection can claim that, I forget this gentleman, I've forgotten your name, sir. Marco. Yeah, Marco? Marco. Yeah, Marco. He pointed out that you... The enlightenment is knowing that what? 
that this that you're a reflection. <laughs> Not claiming the light to be yours. These people say, I'm enlightened. They mean this one. Not knowing that the light, they think that this one is enlightened. Well, this one's in the light. <laughs> That's enlightened. <laughs> but this one's not the light. The light is what? Pure consciousness. It's not a person. This light is borrowed light. The jiva's borrowing its light. It's almost as good as this. <laughs> but not quite. Why? Because this jiva, this this particularly this Vishwa jiva, remember we have those three jivas, Pranya jiva, Tejasa jiva, and Vishwa jiva. This Vishwa jiva doesn't even exist huh, uh, in actuality in the deep sleep state, does it? So where's your light when you're asleep? Hmm? That's, how, that's how limited your light is. Your light switches off in deep sleep. Huh? You're not shining there. Why? Because the Ishwara takes the subtle body and puts the subtle body back into its seed form so the subtle body can't reflect light in this state. So this, huh, this person is limited and conditional and depends totally on Ishwara. So it doesn't have its own light. Sorry to say. It's not the source. Huh? Not the source. It's not the source. Is that what you mean? Yeah, source. Yeah, it's not the source. That's correct. It's not the... We call this original consciousness and this reflected consciousness. The reflection is a reflection of the original. And the original doesn't experience... That means it doesn't change when things happen. This witness changes as what? As Maya changes. As the objects change, it changes because it's a changing object in what? In a field of change. This is why you can write your story. Why I wrote my autobiography. <laughs> it's an interesting story because this is always changing. So if you have, so you here there's, it's, you know, there's a story, but here there's no story. Most of us take ourselves to be our story, don't we? That's our identity. It's my story. As soon as somebody says, who are you? Then what do you do? You trundle out your story. And you start blah, blah, blah. Then I blah, blah, blah. And then I blah, blah, blah. blah. I went here. I did blah, blah, blah. I fell in love. Blah, blah, blah. I made money. I lost my job. Blah, 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 blah. I got sick. You just talk all the time for hours and hours about this, this uh, experiencing entity and all the things that he or she did. It's not you. It's just a story. It's a reflector. It's an ever-changing medium of experience. Right? It's totally depend. Everything here, you're totally dependent upon the sense objects, and you're dependent upon your vasanas. You're what? You're sandwiched. 
This is a sandwich between the material and the causal. You're the meat here. You're always changing. You're in between. Huh? Whatever happens from the outside modifies you. Whatever happens from the inside modifies you. So you're always in this state. You never, never, never calm. You, things, vasanas explode from the inside and disturb you. Events happen from the outside that cause your vasanas to explode and then what? You're always changing here. And so, you know, to get, for this person to get knowledge of this, this mind needs to be pretty quiet. This is why we're talking values and sadhana and karma yoga, vipassana yoga, lifestyle, la-da-da, all those things uh, we talk about to help this subtle body, this apparent person, get itself quieted down, calmed down, so that it can understand what we're talking about. Can receive the teaching. So he said, so we left on, because the experiencer obtains in the field, it enjoys the modifications and attributes of the field. That's just what I said. Attachment to the attributes, in other words, attachment to what happens, to your desires and fears and the things that happen, attachment to attributes is the cause for births in higher and lower wombs. <laughs> higher, what's a higher birth? Positive sattvic thoughts produce what? Positive sattvic experiences. So you're born into a sattvic experience and you have a nice life, a happy life. And what? Negative thoughts cause what? You to be born into negative what? Worlds. In other words, to have negative experiences, pleasure, uh, pain, you know, doubt, confusion, depression, anger, competition, jealousy, etc., etc., etc. Those are all worlds or wombs of experience, places where you, you get born there and you have to stay there. Until what? Until that karma burns up. So, so it's attachment to what, things, what, it, what is happening in you and in the world around you, in your body, uh, that's causing you to be reborn. In other words, that's keeping the karmic, a karmic chain going. When you break that attachment, you're going to see in the 15th chapter, there's a beautiful, amazing verse. It says, uh, it says, it talks about this great tree of samsara and how do you cut it down? It says you cut off the, at the root. You cut off the root with a firm axe of non-attachment. You cut it off at the root. And then it all withers. And how, what's the root? Ignorance. So, so the attachment to the to what happens in, in in the field, in your body and mind. Your body and mind are the field, right? Uh, it's called birth. The one obtaining in the body is the limitless self. See that we little got a little ohm in here. <laughs> Got a big ohm up here. That's the big self, and this is the this little ohm is what is also what the limitless self. It's the one that uh, the inner self. 
That inner self is free, and it what makes it possible for you to see. It's the same self as this, but when this self is associated with a subtle body, it becomes the inner self. And you're going to see in a minute, in the next chapter, how you can experience that inner self through yoga by understanding the gunas and manipulating the gunas. So that's the next topic. Irrespective of your lifestyle, you will not be born again if you understand the nature of the field and the knower. This means even a person who what? Who doesn't live a dharmic life, who understands this, won't be reborn. There's very few people that like that. But sometimes there are demons, devils, bad people who understand this and are not reborn. Sometimes. But not, not very often. <coughs> right. Because what? Because knowledge of the field means what? You no longer take anything that's happening here to be real. So your karma burns up. Yes? What is the part that is not being reborn? What is the part that's not being reborn? Yes. That's awareness. So it's not... Uh, uh, in, it's a whole. It's, it's yeah, it's, a it's everything. So yeah. how can you say this one is demon and this one is angel because all is one? What is this part that is not being reborn? Oh, well, that would, that, okay, oh, I see what you mean. Well, that's the jiva. I misunderstood you. But the jiva is awareness. That's why it's not reborn. So if it's a bad person and it understands that it's awareness, it won't be reborn. And if it's a good person and it understands awareness, it won't be reborn. That's the idea. Because you don't want to suffer samsara. Because life, life here is, is constant suffering and change. Yeah? That's why you want, don't want to be reborn. If you know who you are, then it's fine. But there's no reason for you to be reborn if you know who you are. Because what? You only want this world to what? For experience. Like my, I had a great, great, my second guru, the Swami Abedananda. He was a he was a great avatar, and he he uh, he was one of the most he was the most incredible person I ever met. And he wasn't really a person, but it was an extraordinary thing. And just before he was going to die, somebody said to him, "Well, Swamiji," he said, uh, uh, "Would you like to? Do you want to be reborn?" Now, of course, now what what's the what's the the, the traditional answer to that? No, of course not. Who, who the hell would want to come here and go through all this experience all over again? Who would want to suffer and enjoy here and just, huh, just knock around in this stupid world all along, all the time, huh? <laughs> this, this is what you know. But there is no who in the means you're not reborn. There's nothing more. Well, that's right. But when when you understand you're the there's self, no there, no, there's no one to be reborn. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, you're correct. Good for you. No, there's no one. But if you, that's teaching is I don't, business about rebirth is only for people who think they're, they're a who. <laughs> there is no who. But these, <laughs> but these people think they're who's. See? So that's we give that rebirth teaching to those people. We don't, we don't. <laughs> there is no, huh? So, 
they were thinking he was a who. And they expected him to say, of course I don't want to be reborn. I'm going to merge back into Brahman and be happy. Uh, I'm going to merge in. Uh, that's what they wanted him to say. But you know what he said? He said, yeah, I'd like to be reborn. And they're like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> they said, why, Swamiji? He said, so I can chant the name of the Lord. <laughs> So can, that's called the Samasti Vasana. Sometimes Bhagavan brings these enlightened people back huh, just for a special purpose. He talked about that in the fourth chapter. They're called avatars for special purpose. They're rebirth yogis or, or mahatmas. They come back, what? Just simply to what? Establish dharma and enlighten people, not to get anything here. So they're not reborn out of their own karma. They're born out of the needs of the total. So Ishwara brings them back because he can use their subtle body to what? To teach people and enlighten people and set people free. So that's what he meant there. But you're right. That's very good. I mean, you got it. There's no who. Yeah. <laughs> the way we are talking about it is if, as if, and I heard that philosophy from another place that kind of explained it, that if there is still a sep separation in this more subtle uh, state of awareness, there is still a whole and uh, I don't know what the word to use in English, individual. Yeah, individual. Still in this awareness, you can divide it into things. It's because if it's just one whole awareness, <coughs> then it will always be reborn all the time because there are all the time jivas being reborn out of this awareness. Like if you have dough and you're making different pastries, so this part of this dough is not going to be croissant, but another part of this dough will be a bun. Well, so that's right. It, thing it, is always reborn. It doesn't matter if this specific thing was reborn or not. That's right. That's what, Krishna's, that's what Krishna said to Arjuna in the beginning. Don't worry about these people. They're all going to be reborn anyway. If they're people you're killing, they're going to be reborn. They're just made out of the dough. You make it into a new loaf of bread. It's all the same. Also, you and me, this thing that we are part of will be reborn. What part of us is not going to be reborn is something more individual. More the, the what part of you is not going to be reborn is the consciousness. Because yeah. consciousness <laughs> was never born in the first place. Consciousness didn't come into being. Consciousness was never born. So how can it be reborn? Because it was never born. Something that's born can be reborn, but something that isn't born can't be reborn. And that you cannot be reborn because you were never born. And it doesn't die either. And it does that. If it if it wasn't born, it can't die. Only something that's born can die. This is why you don't need to worry about death when you understand who you are. You don't worry about it. You don't care. Because you're fine when your body goes. <laughs> you're fine when you have a body, and you're fine when your body is gone. It's all the same. Understand? Good for you. Good for you. Cool. Yeah. And that self is what shining out from behind this body 
making this body known to me. Huh? I am what's behind this body, observing this body, shining through this body, shining through the senses, huh? just like electricity shines through this light bulb. The light bulb is like my intellect, my mind. And the electricity shines through that, and whoop, out comes light and I see objects. Same. So, irrespective of your lifestyle, you'll not be reborn again. Uh, will not be born again if you understand the nature of the field and its knower. Remember, he's talking to a person here. In some of our texts, we don't talk like this. But in this text, it's a, a beginning or introductory text because it starts with a samsari, with emotional problems. So, he's still talking to this worldly person that's got some emotional issues. And so that's why ta we talk like that in this text. But in other texts, it's purely scientific. There's just no, no need to talk like that. The whole topic of rebirth doesn't come up. Some, with the aid of a purified mind, realize the self by meditation, by meditating on forms or on Ishwara. Some, with the aid of a, uh, some by inquiry, guided by the means of knowledge, some through Vedanta, through studying the scripture, for example. Some through Karma Yoga. But others, by applying what they've heard from the qualified teachers, also realize the self. Those would have to what? Have heard it first and then they apply the knowledge. That's what we're saying. You've heard it now. You don't have to figure out who you are. Your, your pure consciousness, your pure awareness, you have no limits, you're unborn, There's nothing's gonna, nothing can change you, you can't lose anything, you can't gain anything, this you know. There's nothing more to know about that. Now, the, the only question is, huh, do I actually experience life that way? And if you don't, then you apply the teachings until you what? You, as a jiva, feel free. You get rid of any kind of obstacles in your thinking that what prevent you from appreciating your limitlessness, your freedom. That's the work he's talking about. Living and living and non-living things are born. Why? Because the knower, pure consciousness, illumines or shines on Maya on the field. That's what creation is. Creation is matter. We've already discussed this. Creation is matter plus awareness shining on matter. And out of that, material objects come and what? Human beings come. Not just human beings, all living beings. The one who sees the self unchanging in the midst of the changing field alone sees. That means it's a free person. If you see the self in all things equally, you will not fall from the path which leads to self-realization. If you understand that the field alone is responsible for action, you're not the doer, the field alone is responsible for action, and that the self is not a doer, you know the truth. <coughs> Liberation is seeing clearly 
that the manifold beings and objects in the field are a projection of the non-dual self, i.e., with the help of maya. Though it obtains in the body, the self, limitless awareness, does not act. The organs, the instruments act, the mind acts, the body acts, but the self, the awareness that's obtaining here, doesn't act. Just as subtle, he's going to give an example. Just as subtle, all-pervasive space is unaffected by what takes place in it, the self is unaffected by the modifications taking place in it. Modifications belong to the field, they don't belong to the self. So the self is not affected. It's a non-experiencing witness. It's what experiences there, but it doesn't affect the self. Just as the sun illumines the entire world, the self illumines the entire field. The knowledge that distinguishes the field from the knower is liberation. It means what? Just knowing the difference between this awareness and the objects appearing in awareness is liberation. And that knowledge should be hard and fast. You shouldn't have any doubt about that. That when an action is happening, you know it belongs to the field and that you are the what? The knower of the field. Now, what about the field? <laughs> He's going to discuss the field. The next topic is chapter 14. He's going to analyze the field. The three gunas. The field is made up of three gunas. Maya is called triguna atmika maya. Maya produces the field. Out of awareness, Maya produces the field, and Maya, Maya is made out of three energies. Those three energies are Sattva, Rajas, and Thomas. Verse 1, Krishna said, Self-knowledge is the most exalted form of knowledge because it frees the self from attachment to the body. Those who have realized my non-dual nature do not come into being when the creation happens, nor do they die when the world is dissolved. That means they aren't a they. That means they are the self. Because <laughs> if they're a they, they're going to come into being and go out of being. So, uh, means they're the self. Now, next verse. When I illumine the unmanifest, when the self shines on Maya, all beings are created. In whatever material womb beings, and everything here is matter, in whatever material womb beings are born, Arjuna, the unmanifest is the mother, and I'm the father. That's sex. That's cosmic sex. Okay? The unmanifest, Maya, is the woman. And what? And consciousness is the father. And they get in bed together and they make what? Boom! The world. Out comes the big baby. Big fat baby called the world. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmic sex. <laughs> Sorry, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, and what? And all of these things and beings are what? Color the unmanifest. In other words, they're already there in matter. These three uh, qualities, these three energies, these three forces. Right? And, and what do they do? They bind the self to the body. That's why they're called guna. One word, guna means guna means a quality or attribute, but it has another meaning too, an external meaning. You know what it means? Rope, a chain or a rope. They bind you awareness to what? To matter, to your body and to your mind. They tie you down. That's called bondage. That's why we don't feel free. Because those gunas are what? Tying us down. Now, what are these gunas? Sattva, of the nature of awareness, binds by what? Attachment to bliss, purity, beauty, and knowledge. My wife's an artist, and she's really into beauty. And we can't walk in an ugly place. We just cannot go for a walk in an ugly place. I kind of like ugly places. <laughs> I mean, I don't look, I'm not looking for ugly places, but if there's an ugly place, I will walk there because I kind of like ugly places, but she doesn't like ugly places. Why not? She's attached to sattva. Hmm? She can't be comfortable, you know, like if you give me a choice between the woods and, and, and walking in, in downtown Munich, I will just as soon walk in downtown Munich as I will in the woods. I like the woods, but I also like walking in down the street and with the noise and the people and the funny sound and all, all that stuff. She can't do that. I said, let's go walk in town. No, let's go to the country. So we have to drive, go to the country, find a beautiful place. And there's some, some areas where we can't really do it very well because it's not that beautiful. There's a little more beautiful over here. Huh? You understand that? Huh? Or music. Huh? You, I, I like music, but it's got to be beautiful music. Huh? They get attached to. Huh? This is software or, or knowledge. Hmm? They get attached to knowledge, what they know. That what else do they get? A, a purity. These are your spiritual types, all walking around in in white. The women are the worst. <laughs> they, huh? they wear the white, huh? And they, oh, they're so clean and they're so sparkly and they're taking their baths and and they just get their perfume and they're just and, and they got a third eye on and they just. Their feet don't even touch the ground. They're so pure and they're so holy and so spiritual, you know. Men are pretty bad too, but women are worse on that one, on the purity thing. I'm so pure and white and holy and good. That's sattva. Hmm? They, yeah? Yeah. And what else? Uh, knowledge, purity, a bliss, feeling good. Hmm? That's why they live sattvic lives. Because if you live a sattvic life, you feel really good most, you're blissful most of the time. 
if you're if you're dull if you're you know if you're if you're if you're depressed or you're angry or you're agitated you're what you're not sattvic and so it's not such a fun life but when you get really pure uh you really feel blissful most of the time uh ramana maharshi is a good example uh, ramana ramana had you know he, he had this, the normal realization you know, like everybody else you know he realized who he was big deal Everybody has the same realization. But why was Ramana such an amazing power and force in the spiritual world, even today? Because of his purity. Because he lived a totally sattvic life. He just, he was like totally sattvic. So he was just radiant all the time. He was just full of bliss and people just liked to sit there close to him. He didn't have to say anything. You could feel the bliss around this person. Swami, Swamiji, when he would sit down, we'd have satsang every morning outside, and the, the devotees would bring out his chair, and he, they put the chair near, there was a, a hedge with, the, with the bushes and plants and there, and they put the chair near there because it was shady, and after about 20 minutes or a half an hour, you know what you'd see? all the plants would be moving like this toward him. Before they were standing like this, and after he'd been sitting there for a half an hour or so, the plants would turn like this. Because there was so much bliss there. There was so much purity, light, and peace there. The plants just sucked it up. The consciousness in the plants could recognize that and feel that, and it would turn their bodies toward the Swami. It's amazing, purity. It was just the mind was like absolutely pure, and the radiance. You just, it was hard to look at him because he was so radiant. You know, you kind of embarrassing because you felt that he could read all your thoughts. You know, and you didn't want him reading your naughty thoughts. He was he wasn't reading your thoughts. He was just that radiance exposed all of your thinking, all your feelings. You suddenly became totally aware of your feelings there because of the radiance because of the sattva so uh, people get stuck there he wasn't stuck there he was beyond it but his mind was like sattva because he uh, you know he'd been knew he was the self for 50 years 60 years so it was he had that kind of pure sattvic shakti rajas this is just to what identify these four these powers in your mind when these gunas are playing Rajas colors the mind with passion and attachment, afflicting the self with a binding need to act. Huh? If you're passionate and attached to something and you feel like you have to be doing something all the time, that's Rajoguna. Okay? Thomas, the child of ignorance, confuses and deludes the indweller. Huh? These are people who are always confused. There's a dark cloud over their mind. It's called Avarana Shakti. Avarana Shakti means what? Cloudy energy, dull energy, sleepy energy. Uh, this Thomas is like, Avarana means cloud. It, it clouds your subtle body and you can't tell what's going on. Uh, you can't figure out what's going on. So there's always a confusion. What should I do? 
What should I wear today? What should I do? There's you know, confusion. When you're in that state of confusion, it means tamaguna is operating. That's how your bond. That's how it, it ties you down. You you dither. You're going back and forth. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do, this? Should I do that? You don't know what to do because you can't see clearly because your light, the reflected light of awareness, is filtered through this dark cloud, and it's it's not clear what's going on. And it stupefies the mind. It makes you stupid. People, you know, you meet some people, they're like, uh, uh, the self, the, the, the self, the, the real self, huh? You know, stupid people. When you, those are tamasic people. They're bound by uh, ignorance. You you tell them something, it takes them five minutes to figure it out. You say something normal thing, and they, oh. and then five minutes later, you say, oh, I get it. There's so much cloud in their brain that it takes that long for them to get the message. And they're what indolent. They're lazy. They're slothful. They love to sleep. They eat fat foods, like dark things. They enjoy narcotics and and alcohol and all this sort of stuff because it makes them feel real dull. And there's a kind of pleasure in that dullness. It's a pleasure. It's a a tamoguna. Sattva causes bondage to pleasure, rajas to action, and tamas to what? Laziness or apathy. What, now, these gunas, huh, they, they, they are constantly changing, and at any moment in your mind, one guna is stronger than the other two. They're all there operating in your mind, but one is very strong and powerful at one moment. The other two are still there, but you don't feel them very much. You can maybe get an idea. Feel When you're real dull, you may feel a little agitation underneath it. That would be the rajas, but it's suppressed. Or when you're really rajasic, you might feel kind of sleepy. Huh? You got wired but tired. You know that feeling? Where you're just like, like totally excited, and you're, and at the same time, you're. That's how I am after teaching you guys. I'm all wired up from all this talking, and I get up there to my room, and I'm tired, and I want to go to sleep, but I can't. Why not? Huh? Because <laughs> my Rogers is still disturbing my mind. The Thomas is there. I can feel it. I'd like to get the Thomas to come up, but the Thomas isn't quite ready to come up yet. So I have to sit there and wait till the Rajas goes away and then the Thomas comes up and then I can go to sleep. So, huh? And Sattva, same. Huh? You'll be really, these are your meditators. They get in these really high, beautiful, incredible states. You know, they're just like, just so peaceful. They think, oh, now that's it. I got it. Oh, oh, I'm enlightened. And they're just so happy, you know. And then what happens? You start to get sleepy. 
fall off. <laughs> or, or, huh? Or suddenly they, oh, I forgot to do this. And they jump up and the rod just comes and off they go. Oh, I forgot to turn off the, the TV or whatever it is. Or, oh, I've got to pick up my kid school <laughs> and off they run the rajas comes huh they're in the sattva then the rajas explodes and out there gone you see the people in the meditations that you know sometimes i do these meditations everybody's dead silent you know they're just sitting there and then it's, okay time for break meditation's over then everybody turns why the, the sattva repressed the rajas, but as soon as the sattva was over, what? They all start talking and jagging and jabbering and stuff. Nobody just sits still and enjoys the silence. Oh, no, they all start talking. Around. Oh, let's have some coffee, blah, 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 blah. So these gunas are constantly recycling, and this is, this is the action of these gunas. <coughs> um, <coughs> when rajas... Okay, um, so so they're constantly recycling. One's, one's more powerful than the other at all times. They're all three present, but one's predominant, we call it. When this, and now here's how you recognize these gunas. When the senses and mind are particularly aware and capable of clear knowledge, sattva is predominant. When rajas predominates, the indweller is overtaken by what? Extraversion, greed, restless craving, and an intense desire for enjoyment. That's your bored, bored people. Bored people are rajasic. They're, they want to do something. They, they have this intense desire to do something because they're bored. Huh? That's Rajas. Most of our societies are basically built, all of this entertainment culture, look at our societies now. The societies are so wealthy that people really don't have to work much. You, huh? you know you're going to survive. If you, if you, even if you don't work, you know you're going to survive. You're not going to be like in India sleeping on the street. So you're really bored and you need entertainment. So we have all these entertainment devices operating, the sports, the TV, the the. It, you, you don't even call. You don't have a, a cell phone for what to talk on the phone. You talk on Skype. You watch videos. You listen to music. You what? Your whole life is right here in this little thing, and your only thing huh? keeps you from boredom. Or you could say they're so bored that this is all they've got. This is all they can do. But it's boredom is generating this interest in luxury and pleasure, right? Intense desire for pleasure, he's talking here. Darkness, inactivity, confusion, and lethargy are experienced when Thomas predominates. Then he's, he goes on to talk about after death. And, uh, and again, we, I hate these verses. I'm going to take them out. I'm going to rewrite the Gita. <laughs> it's so stupid this being reborn thing because nobody really worries about it and basically this whole rebirth idea is, is about one of two things either scaring you into doing the right thing hmm? you're going to be reborn as a cockroach in your next life if you do that 
Remember I told you the joke about the guy who was reborn as a rabbit in Arizona? Yeah. Huh? You might as well, if you eat all day long, well then, you, oh, you're going to get a, the next birth, you're going to be a pig. Yeah, you just eat all the time. Well, why would you have a human body just to eat? What's the point? You're going to be what? Be born as a pig. And therefore, you should go on a diet. <laughs> so to scare you into doing something now, or what? Or to encourage you. Don't worry. All that good work and all that software and all that stuff, it won't be lost. You'll get it back in the next birth. It's not that Krishna said that here, huh? He's always fudging with Arjuna. He's always, huh? He's never really totally straight with Arjuna because he knows Arjuna's a sim, sorry, and he needs some encouragement. So he says, oh yes, you'll be reborn in a family of virtuous yogis or cultured, intelligent people. So keep working, keep working. Don't worry, it's all good. Because of your next birth. There's no next birth. Forget it. You're unborn. You're unmade. Uh, you're right now here. huh? So stop worrying about the future. But that's how they use it. It's a psychological device. The Buddhists are the worst. Jesus. <laughs> they really hammer you about the rebirth thing. Scare the shit out of you. You'll just... huh? You'll just be a good little guy doing your meditation all day long. I don't want to be reborn. I don't want to be reborn. <laughs> You're not going to be reborn. Are you kidding? There's no rebirth. Anyway, but if you want to believe that, if you're worried about your next birth, then this verse is just for you. <laughs> <laughs> If sattva is predominant when the body dies, the indweller enters the pure worlds of those who know the truth. You go to heaven, guys. Woo! <laughs> you go to heaven. If rajas is predominant when the body dies, the indweller is reborn as a doer committed to karma. You just come back and get a job and have to work in a factory or something. <laughs> 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 so, so again, Rogers, bad, 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 get rid of that, Rogers. If Thomas predominates at the death, the indweller is born without discrimination. You just lost. You're just a slob. You don't know anything. You just knocked around here and there, and you're just pushed around by fate all over. You don't never know. One minute, these people, you know, their lives are such messes. They just bounce from one thing to the next. They're tamasic. They're just dull. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to react. And life just pushes them all over. So it's a sad story. Sattva is the cause of virtuous activities. Now, okay, you want to get the kind of mind that you that's going to be useful for what? For moksha? What kind would that be? A predominantly sattvic mind. So what? How do you create sattva? Do virtuous activities. Do dharmic activities. Duh. <laughs> follow, duh. Follow dharma. Do the right thing. 
Eat sattvic food, do sattvic activities, meditate, pray, do your various, various charity work, etc., 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 study the scripture, all of that. All those sattvic activities, what do they do? They produce a sattvic clear mind. You can control your gunas. We're talking here, you're controlling your gunas now. You can manipulate the gunas by how you act. You force Ishwara to what? Give you sattva by acting what? In harmony with Dharma. Don't say, oh no, I can't. It's the gunas. I can't do anything. I'm helpless. Ishwara made me like this. I can't do anything. I'm so sorry. I can't do anything. Bullshit. You just have to change your what? You just have to do sattvic activities. That's all. And what is virtuous activities motivated by a pure mind free of distress? In other words, consciously choose the actions that you do. Don't just do what you feel like doing. Think about it without stress or distress. Think about what the consequences of those actions are going to be and do actions that are going to make you feel light and high and clear and pure and beautiful and good and holy and so forth. It's a simple thing. It's, it's, it's hard to do if you've got Rajas and Thomas. If Rajas and Thomas is there, you're not going to choose what? You're not going to choose sattvic actions. And to get rid of the Rajas and Thomas, you've got to convert what? That Rajasic and Tamasic energy into sattvic energy. Which means what? Your lifestyle is going to have to change. Because it's all just actions that are producing <coughs> these gunas. Pain and sorrow is the result of rajas. If you have pain and, and you're suffering, that's a rajas, not from sattva. Sattva, you feel good and pleasure, but if you're suffering pain, mental pain, emotional pain, and physical pain, it's a result of rajas. And ignorance is caused by Thomas. And Thomas feeds ignorance. The more what? The more tamasic things you do, the duller and more ignorant your mind becomes. The more you drink and have sex and take drugs and stay up all night and, and do whatever, all this tamasic, really gross tamasic habits, eat pizza and beer and drink, eat a lot of meat and uh, smoke and blah, 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 blah. You'll just, your mind will get so, so dull, 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 dull. You just end up just basically dead for all intents and purposes, spiritually dead for all intents and purposes. And you see a lot of that in these societies. Our societies are rajasic, tamasic. They go together. The more rajas, the more rajas you have, the more tamas you have. Because you wear yourself out. Hmm? The more rajasic you are, the more disturbed your subtle body is, the more stress it puts on your physical body. And what? So the more sleepy and dull you are. And most of us medicate the Rajas with what? Thomas, with food. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Smoking. When you're when did you start smoking? Usually when you're a teenager. Usually. That's when smoking starts. Why does why does smoking smoking's tamasic? Why is it why is it tamasic? Because it in, inhibits the pranas. Huh? It inhibits the natural flow of oxygen. To the, to the bloodstream and to the lungs and it slows down the prana systems. First of all, the breath system, then all the other systems are eventually affected by smoking. 
Well, why do you start when you're a teenager? Because you're neurotic when you're a teenager. You're rajasic. Remember when you were a teenager? Remember how nervous you were about everything? What am I going to do with my life? Will she love me? Will she not love me? Will I get a good grade? When's my dad going to buy me a car? This and that. Yeah, you're just, you're neurotic. And some older guy says, here, take a smoke. You, huh? <laughs> That's what happened to me. I was like totally neurotic. And this older guy, I liked him. I, I, he was a friend. I, I thought he was a friend. He was just an old guy, older guy. He wasn't a few years older, but he was smoking. And and he said, "Here, try it." And and I, I went. Pfft. I tell you, I never experienced so much peace and pleasure. <laughs> it was so good. I was just so full and so satisfied and so happy. My mind stopped for about five minutes. What did you smoke? <laughs> just a cigarette. A lucky strike cigarette. A camel or a lucky strike. That's all. Oh, unbelievably good. I was so happy. Why? Suddenly I had relief from that mind that was just... <laughs> Smokers, that's how they manage their rajas. If you don't like to smoke, what will you do? You'll drink. You'll inflame your rajas and then you'll get dull. Or you'll overeat. And you won't eat sattvic foods. You won't eat salads. What you'll like is heavy foods, tabasic foods, because they slow you down. At night, when you can't sleep, what do you do? You go make a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> peanut butter sandwich at, at 11 at night, you'll get to sleep soon. <laughs> yeah, why? Because it makes your mind tamasic, makes you dull. And of course, you'll get, you'll pay the price, but that's all right. At least you got rid of that Rogers for a while. You don't want to manage the gunas with matter, except for good food. You do it with exercise and good food and what? And right thinking. Is it time to quit? Oh my God, look at us yeah. go. Okay, never mind. Let me just finish this and then... Uh, um, <laughs> how are we going to finish? How are we going to, how are we going to get to the end and find out what the final teaching is? You had the final teaching, right? <laughs> no, this is just so... Uh, um, yep. Pain is out. From, blah, 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 blah. from sattva is born knowledge and wisdom. You'll get smart if you cultivate sattva. You'll get wise and smart. Because what? Awareness will shine in your mind and you'll have good discrimination. And well, from, from what will you get from rajas? Greed. You'll get greedy. You'll just want more, 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 more. Money, more sex, more food, more experience, more blah, 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 whatever it is. Apathy, ignorance, and delusion come from Thomas. Those, uh, those who cultivate sattva evolve upward. Those who cultivate rajas don't grow or they don't devolve. They stay the same. And those who cultivate Thomas degenerate. 19. When the seer sees the gunas as the doer, okay, when you when the seer awareness sees the gunas as the doer, 
and realize that it's beyond the gunas, it attains freedom. Going beyond the gunas, which cause a which going beyond the three gunas, which cause, which is the cause of the body. There's a mistake there. The embodied one, i.e., the self, is released from birth, death, old age, sorrow, and realizes its immortal nature. In other words, that's when Maya is operating. Obviously, that's not true for the self, but when Maya is operating, then what does it do? It gets attached and identified with what it's experiencing. It keeps trying to change its experience or reinforce the experience that it's having, and what? It doesn't realize it's always free of experience. But when it sees that what? The gunas are doing all of this, and it understands that those gunas, it objectifies its experience and the experiencer, then what? It realizes that it's always been eternal, non-dual, actionless, ordinary, unborn, unconcerned awareness. And it's happy. Okay, um, take a break and we'll be back at what? 3.30. Thank you for listening to the talk of James Wards on the Bhagavad Gita, recorded at Yoga Vidya Bad Meinberg near Hanover in Germany. More information on shiningworld.com and yoga-vidya.org.